Hey, ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts. You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes. And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information. And we didn't want you to miss out, so please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun-loving creatives like us in a really big way. Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month, and we've got some amazing benefits for you, like getting your questions answered, one-on-ones with Danielle and I, and a ton more. All are welcome, and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast, a podcast for anyone that wants to kick their wedding butt. I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer and crazy cat man. And I'm Daniel Fashnack, wedding planner and proud owner of roughly one million bobby pins. Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 41 of the Puttering on a Podcast. We are so hyped that you are here. 41. Dan, are you British? <laughs> I am British. <laughs> you, said, you said that. Welcome to episode 41. 41. <laughs> I think that's a totally different accent. Just channeling my inner Hermione Granger. What's, what's your favorite accent? Do you have like like uh, outside of... <gasps> oh, um, so it depends. Right now, though, um, Siri on my phone is absolutely set to a male's Australian voice. Um, yeah. And I also have it set to call me babe. <laughs> <laughs> so if oh. I ask my phone right now, um, like, hey, Siri, what's my name? It goes, your name's Danielle, but you told me to call you babe. <laughs> <laughs> babe. Um, wait, let me, wait. Let's hear it. But since we're friends, I get to call you babe. <laughs> it hurt me ass because it's sitting next to me so I yeah have... i like i like to have the um i like that but I, I i wish i had a british accent very much so i'm really into the australian accent i, I mean so my my business coach is australian um and i could listen to him speak all day and i actually had uh mm-hmm. i had a groom a couple years ago in 2014 actually right before our wedding uh, his name's Stu. so if you ever listen to this shout out to you buddy uh mate um and he <laughs> always used to say whenever he would see me he'd be like oh yeah dan there he is the big fella and uh it was just i would just want to run up and squeeze him every time um it, and it's a very joyous accent oh it's so lovely um you know it's so joyous lovely. joyous yeah Let's focus on that today as we dive deep into some like some some pressures, right? Like that's what that's we're, what today's episode is yeah. about. Pressures. So we're gonna have we're gonna have a chat today, guys. And we Are want you, you to down? we're gonna you take it down? down. We're taking, taking it down. Okay. Down down to Chinatown. Okay, everybody. All right, everybody. Just just gather around. Just gather, gather around. Here. Get in our safe circle. Get in our I want safe you circle. to just sip on your coffee or your tea. And or just, your vodka. Or your vodka. <laughs> and and just breathe in that fresh 
mountain air, that fresh beachy air. City smog. (laughs) Why do you have to be the downer on everyone? I'm just trying to be a a realist. I'm being a realist. Maybe if you're really high up in the building, so there's cleaner air, like higher up, you're above like the smog. Um, But yeah, we're going to talk about um, pressures today uh, that come from you know, traditions and come from other people and come from just what you observe in the wedding industry as it is. Um, and all these so-called like rules, quote unquote, that you can break or not break or whatever. So, um, uh, pull up a chair, sit tight and let's dive right in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, while we jump into today's episode, I think we also want to talk about the inspiration maybe for this episode. So it was definitely inspired by a recent wedding that Dan and I worked together on um, at a beautiful spot out in New York City, which overall I think went fabulously well. I think it was a really great day. Did you feel good about the day? I did. I mean, despite like some of the rain and grossness, like it... Eh. The spirits were so high. Everybody was so happy. Um, it, was, it went from, you know, and we'll get into this more, but it was just like mm-hmm. this small group of 30 people with the couple and everybody just like the the vibe was so positive all day. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yep. And it took place on this like beautiful rooftop terrace at a wonderful hotel. And it was just it was it was enclosed. So while it did rain, it it didn't affect the um, the flow of the ceremony or, or any other part of the day. We were com- completely covered which was nice um but that wedding originally started out a year and a half ago as yep. a 200 person wedding um that was yep. going to be taking place at a ballroom down in philadelphia um yep. that's when dan and i originally came on board to the wedding um both separately but that's originally what this wedding looked like and a little over a year ago um we both got contacted by the couple and they said you know what it's this isn't what we want we're changing gears a little bit and um we're going to instead move the wedding to new york city and it's only going to be 30 people and what do you think yeah but there's a couple of other steps in between Mm -hmm. there before they finally set it on new york city i think at one point they were thinking about um eloping and then another point they were thinking like maybe we'll just do a small wedding in africa um that ends up playing in a very important role in what they decided now which is pretty awesome um but then they finally (laughs) settled on from 200 people at a ballroom in philly to 30 people in a very intimate ceremony and uh in a very intimate ceremony and reception in new york and it was perfectly them perfectly them Mm mm-hmm Exactly. And in this case, um, they weren't changing the plans of the wedding in order to necessarily save money or do anything like that. But they just sat down and reevaluated the priorities and looked at all of the other factors that were coming into play and just said, you know what, we're not comfortable with the way this wedding is going. How can we make it more us? And they basically just threw on the brakes, changed everything up, um, moved location, changed the guest list, did everything. And they spent the rest of their money on what's going to be coming up in a few days, um, this crazy, insane safari honeymoon through Africa, which Dan and I are both like insanely jealous of and super stoked for them. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. They have this really cool um, deal before they have kids that they want to go to every continent before they have kiddos. And uh, Africa is like them going to town. I just, I love that. I love that. They're just, thinking about yeah. where they want to be in a couple of years and just working towards that. Super sweet. Um, right, right, right. I yeah. totally agree. So let's, um, I think 
to sort of segue into today's topic, I want to talk about this pressure to have that quote unquote big wedding. And I, I want to sort of start by defining like in my world, it feels like to me a big wedding is like 150 guests yeah. or more. Like it seems like less than that, like 120 and less feels like um, a little bit more of an intimate setting. Yep. But um, that said, it's it has to be certainly really relative to you. To you, a big wedding might be four, five, eight hundred yep. people, um, whereas a small wedding might be two hundred people. So when we say those terms, I know it's relative, but you also have to look at to what's relative in your life, in your worldview yep. as well. I feel that. So oh, it's then, it's. Where it's, do you think that these like big pressures come from? Well, I think first and foremost, all these pressures in many cases are coming from family, usually parents, mm -hmm. right? Because there is all of this need and desire um, for them to say, well, we have to invite aunt so-and-so and uncle so-and-so, and of course all of their kids and there's kids, kids. And, you know, and if we invite them, then we have to invite all the other aunts and uncles and all of their kids. And I think it just becomes, it can easily sort of barrel away from you very quickly once we get into that. Right. And I also think that there's something to be said about um, a kind of like keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing where, you know, you see a friend or um, uh, a coworker or somebody having this big extravagant wedding and you're like, oh, well, like is, they, they did it. They had an amazing time. Like maybe that's what I need to do too. And then you see another person, another person, and these pictures popping up on Facebook and social media and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden before you know it, you're like, oh, I need to have this giant thing too. And it just gets away from what you really wanted in the first place. Right. And I think is that like, is that FOMO? Fear oh, of missing yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, right? Big time. I am a person, so this past wedding that we were a part of, it was a 30-person beautiful wedding. It was intimate, it was small, it was wonderful. It is the closest wedding I've ever done personally and I've ever been a part of that was the closest to what I would do in my own personal okay. life in terms of a wedding. And it was so interesting to really see it from that perspective because I, I've really only seen it, I think probably the smallest guest list I'd done prior to that was maybe 70 people, which is still a substantial amount of people. Nothing, you know, nothing to balk at, but it was definitely on the smaller side. So for me, I'm a person that if I ever think about that wedding that I might one day have, there is that certain fear of, but will I miss not having two, 300 people at this massive party celebrating yeah. me and my partner, like, w what if I miss that, you know? And I think it's really easy to have that that FOMO feeling and say, well, if we don't do this big wedding, will we regret right. it? Though it can go right. either way. Hmm. I know that there is definitely like a big... Um, I just feel like it, a lot of it comes down to family, though, more often than not in trying to say like, well, you have to invite this person. And, you know, maybe it goes outside of that, too. Is it coworkers? Is it, you know, friends or acquaintances that are sort of expecting that plus ones? And we just did a Dear Dan's episode um, on this about is it rude not to give a plus one? And we talked through about how to handle, um, you know, what happens when those people approach you who are expecting an invitation or expecting a plus one plus one to the, to your wedding. And I'll, I've said it in that episode and I'll say it again. Now, this is like the perfect line that you are welcome to steal and use um, for anyone who is pressuring you to get an invite to your wedding and you aren't giving them one. So it goes like this. 
There are so many people that we wish we could invite to our wedding, but due to budget and or space limitations, we've had to keep things small. But we definitely look forward to catching up with you and celebrating together after the business of the wedding has passed. And you're welcome to use that voice. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's me slow clapping. <laughs> um, I, I think for a, I think yeah. for a lot of people, they make misconstrue big with traditional like uh my big fat greek mm. wedding you know this massive wedding with all these people um so can we talk about traditions for a second then as well where um like right. the pressure to have a this traditional church wedding with the ballroom this traditional you know whatever do you understand what i'm saying i do and i think too that also is going to tie in because you also figure like, well, if I still want to take part in the traditions of my culture, my religion, whatever it is, can I still do that on a smaller scale basis? Will it still have the same impact? Do I even have to do those things? So there's there's all that to really take into account. But I think it needs to start with with you and mm -hmm. your partner um, and your families, depending on how much they're involved, really just having a nice sit down conversation and and seeing what everyone's expectations are and what traditions you are and aren't comfortable including in your wedding day because i will tell you um there are a million different wedding traditions out there some you may have never even heard of in your life so you're never going to include right. all of them and you need to figure out what's most important to you but i think you also need to have a conversation and see if there's someone who's perhaps you know someone in your close circle that is important to the wedding planning process who's maybe expecting something hmm. to happen because I think the worst thing, oh my God, there's so many worse things, but a bad thing that would happen <laughs> um, is that you go into a situation assuming that it's okay if you don't do this X thing. And then all of a sudden it's a week before your wedding and, and someone important in your life goes, wait, we're not doing that. Like we have to do that. And now all of a sudden the entire plan needs to shift to accommodate that. So I think if you sort of tackle that head on um, as early on in the process as possible, that will eliminate any type of pressure down the road from the people who are very important to the planning process to sort of come in and say, well, hold up. This is really important that we do this. So you're thing. saying like, you know, right after you get engaged, you know, whatever time shortly after then you have a sit down with all those people who are really important to you, all those really key people and just say, you know, what are your hopes? What do you expect? What are you, what are you looking forward to most from our wedding day and get their input on it and then just kind of take what they say and then figure out a way to implement it into your wedding in your own style or whatever. So you're kind of like, you're making your own thing, but you're also uh, appeasing the people who mean something to you. Yeah. I don't I don't even know if I would call it appeasing, but yes, it would more be like respecting right. that they have maybe certain expectations that are coming to this too. And if those expectations are reasonable to include in your day, that it would mean a lot to them to right. do so. Yep, do you know I what I mean? You. So, uh, so I, and I think, you know, in that situation, you may have this sit down conversation with say your, your parents and they may say, you know what guys, whatever you want to do, we support you. And, and that's it. And you roll with it from there. But then, that sort of eliminates the ideally the window for them later to say like, well, hold on. Like I want this, this and this because it's like, well, we had that conversation at the very beginning and you said you supported us no matter what. So like, that's what we want. We want your support no matter what. And end of story. I know that's way easier said yeah. than done, of course, but I think whether you're just engaged or you're, even if you're a few months before the wedding and you haven't had this conversation yet, I don't think it's too 
it like you can't have this conversation too soon is what I'm okay. what I'm saying overall. Okay. And uh, so if you've listened to the last episode we did with uh, Lois mm-hmm. Heckman, who was a celebrant, she came in and talked about um, ceremonies and personalizing them and all of this. But I loved uh, how he talked about this blending of family traditions and cultures because it's okay to bring different traditions and whatnot to the table and blend them together in a way that still feels authentic and whatever to you. And it's okay to eliminate those traditions entirely. Right. Cause you have to know why you're doing something that you're doing. You have to know why you're, um, I just think you should do the due diligence of understanding like why you're doing these special things. Like don't just do something because it has always been done that way or whatever. Um, unless you know what the significance is. Um, or at least a basic of understanding, yes. right? Like you don't need to know the whole the whole background history of throwing a garter in a bouquet. But if you're going to do it, know why you're doing it. Or maybe it's because you've always wanted yeah. to do it. And that's a good reason too. But don't do it just because, well, the wedding book I read or the wedding blog said that that's on a timeline. So I need to figure out where to put it on my timeline for the day. And we still have not seen or heard of anybody wrapping like a 20 or 50 or $100 bill around the bouquet and chucking it in to the middle of the (laughs) dance floor. So if anybody has done that, just let us know. Um, You know, and if you want to do something just for the sake of the fun of it, maybe you're a softball pitcher and you wanted to like throw it to your catcher who's a best friend in your wedding and is not married yet. Do you understand what I'm saying? There you go. <laughs> I just yeah. made that up on the I've spot. I've seen someone wrap a garter around a football and throw it that way. That's that fun. was cool. I've seen that too. That's a pretty good time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a Pinterest if, thing If one sure. of the reasons why you want to do something is just to have fun and keep things lively, that's an okay reason too. <laughs> right. And it's, it's your wedding, right? So you're allowed to break the rules. You're allowed to make your own rules. Um, I think you just want to be mindful of any repercussions, which would be possibly hurting your family's feelings. And I think that's where having that conversation as early on in the process as you physically can is a is a great idea. Is there a point just, at which you say this is this is our wedding, we're doing what we want? You know what I'm saying? Like like I think a, it depends on so many things. It does. It, that's such like, a complex I, question. And I go back and forth on it a lot. Yeah, so I think it depends on the relationship you have with your family. Right. I think it takes a lot to stand up to our parents yeah. as um, as the generation that we are and the generation that's coming after us. Um, I think Dan and I are both in the same generation, but we're in the generation that we are always something different depending on which article we read. We're either like Generation <laughs> X or we're sometimes a Y. No, not a Y. Uh, like sometimes we're called Xenials. It's all very confusing, but <laughs> we're definitely of a generation that I think we try to be as respectful and mindful of our parents' feelings as possible. But at the same time, we try really hard not to let our parents dictate everything we do. Like, I think we're a generation that's pretty good at sort of standing up for what we want on a whole and saying, well, this is what's important to us. Obviously, everybody's relationship with their families and whatnot is different. Um, I think the most important thing is that you and your partner are on, on the same page. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I also think that there's extreme situations where if you go against, say, mom's wishes, she she might take it so far as to say, well, I'm not showing up for the wedding. Yeah. And like, that's that's an extreme case, obviously, but yeah. it certainly happens. And it's a tough situation to navigate. Yeah, I guess the final thing I would think of is like, like 
do you want that like negative energy hanging around your wedding day? Like in the grand scheme of things, like how much is something worth? And that's something you have to decide on your own. You have to look at each tradition or each decision you have to make and decide like, you know, is this going to affect somebody else? Um, And do I mind like how much that's going to affect them and ultimately what's going to happen and what's how that's going to affect your wedding day? Right. I am definitely a person who craves peace. I love peace. Mm-hmm. I live for peace. Like, um, not necessarily like, you know, hippie style world peace, but I thrive best when there's a certain amount of like contentment yep. in my life and my relationships. Um, when there's tension, Balance. I just, everything in my life seems to feel off. Right. So for me, I am getting to an age where I'm learning how to stand up for myself <laughs> with my, with my, especially with my mom, because my mom's a wonderful person. Um, but she definitely, has a certain way that she likes doing things and therefore expects me to do things, mm-hmm. despite me just sort of wanting to do my own way with it. And it's it's getting to that age where I'm learning the respectful way to say like, thanks mom for that input. I'm going to take that into consideration um, and then do what I need to do <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I totally lost my train of thought on where I was going with that. But That's okay. Going back to what we were talking about before, you know, recognizing what's important early on, right? Um, I think you had used this example earlier about, um, say, your partner was raised Catholic and Mm -hmm. doesn't go to church regularly anymore. But that doesn't mean that you should assume one way or the other that they'd like to get married in a Catholic church. Am I right? Right. Exactly. So you want to... um... Yeah, you want to put all those assumptions aside and and for everybody, you know, I think I think the more you can air everything out and just become as transparent as you're comfortable becoming transparent about all of these things, especially with your partner, if anybody, especially with your partner. Right. Um, I think that's really going to be your key to removing a lot of these pressures. And once you have that conversation about priorities, which is a big thing that we talk about um, pretty consistently on this podcast, but it's really just about sitting down and saying, what's important to you? What's important to me? What's important to us? What's important for this wedding? What do we want our guests to really take away from this wedding? And basing all of your other decisions off that around those priorities, right? I think I think that's your jumping off point and that's your easiest way as you go through this to 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 go through it and make your decisions because you know it's uh like not to talk about something icky sticky and gross but I mean let's face it there's wedding professionals in this industry who their job is to sort of sell you things and you know that's another form of pressure that we can say you know like if your DJ is saying like hey you know your party's going to be that much better if you also purchase this photo booth um, you know for the evening for your event so that's Mm -hmm. That's another pressure. But if to you, the most important thing was having guests out on that dance floor all night long, then that's your priority. Then you don't want that photo booth because that's going to take people away from your dance floor. I mean, technically, it can do whatever it wants. But just as an example, do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I think that actually launches you into something else or launches us into something else, which is um, budget, right? Like that's another pressure that, you know, might not come from, I mean, I guess does somewhat come from other people depending on or parents or or guardians who are maybe helping out a little bit um but it's really looking at what you can afford right like i love your i love your analogy of you know going into a million dollar house like you wouldn't go look at a million dollar house if you have a two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget am i right 
Right, for, for a house, right, exactly. Of course a million-dollar house would be beautiful to live in, right? Or a or $10 million house or, or whatever it is. Maybe for you, like for me, like a $300,000 house would be beautiful for me to live in. But that wasn't my budget when, when I bought a house. So I couldn't look at those houses. Yeah, and then remember that, like, you know, you set this overall budget and then you have to prioritize on the inside of that budget. So I have a, uh, a client who um, they spend a whole crap ton of money on this amazing venue. Like they got it on a, a date in a you know non-peak month on like a Friday and they got a huge deal on it, but that deal was still a whole lot. But that meant that they had to skimp on a lot of other things. And this is you know now four or five years later um, and they hate their wedding pictures. They hate their engagement pictures. Um, and I actually got to photograph their maternity pictures. I was not the photographer. I wasn't the, um. the uh, yeah, I shouldn't. So sorry, I should preface that with, I was not the photographer. Um, I did their maternity photos and they felt like this was their chance to do it right again because they just got so blindsided by like all the shiny fun things that they could mm -hmm. do and add on and blah, 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 that it just took them away from the real process, the real thing that they were going to have later. Um, they do have an amazing wedding video that they said they loved and they sent it to me when I, we were getting ready to do their maternity session. But it's just one of those things like like really picking each thing apart and saying, you know, what what's the long term value of this? What's if you love flowers and and the amazing uh, bouquets and floral arrangements that are going to be at your wedding? Awesome. Go for it. Like when I think of our wedding, I my favorite investment, you know, besides photography or whatever, was our DJ, Wes. Um, and like the the confetti cannon that he added um not he added. I added. Asked him to do that. Uh, the confetti cannon, the breakups, the extra lights around the room. Because like I'm a very visual person, and I wanted it to look like it felt. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when I think back onto our wedding, I'm like, man, that was such a great decision to to invest that extra money in that for our wedding. So I'm not talking like photo specifically, but I'm just saying like, like what are those thing experiential things that are really gonna take it to the next level? It within your budget. Do you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying like I'm kind of getting a little bit off topic, maybe from no, what no, you no. can afford, but no. Actually, I want to actually want to take it a little bit off topic even further because what you just said sort of made me think of something else. Is there's also I think a certain amount of pressure that we put on ourselves as human beings to make the right decision, and. Right maybe what we're talking about here is almost counterproductive because are we putting so much pressure onto listeners that says um, invest in those quality things, invest in those things because you and I both do very much believe that. But at the same yeah. time, maybe you're going to make a wrong investment with your wedding or maybe you're going to do something that you look back on and say, you know what, if we could have done it differently, we would have. But at the end of the day, I think you're going to survive that. If that oh, happens... Totally. I, th yeah. I think you're going to be just fine because your wedding is no reflection of your marriage. Your wedding right. is, is one day out of hopefully very many, 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 many days of your relationship together and just your time here on earth. And yep. it's okay to make a wrong decision. I recently um, bought a car. My lease was up on my previous car. I love that car. Um, but my lease was up and I had to figure out what I was going to do. And I spent months agonizing over what car am I going to buy? What <laughs> car am I going to buy? Because I just wanted to buy a car and then be done with it. And I didn't want to make the wrong decision. And the week I bought my car, I just sat down with myself and I was like, dude, you got to just make a decision 
And it's okay if it's not the perfect car. Like, you just need a car to get yourself around it. <laughs> like, it's, Analysis paralysis. I just, like, I just had to sit down and be like, you know what? It's okay if I make the wrong decision. Because at the end of the day, it's in the grand scheme of things. It's, it's not the end of the world. I'm not saying your wedding is not an important day by any stretch. But I am saying it's okay if you have some regrets like obviously we want to like give you all the information in the world to avoid those regrets so that you feel confident making all the decisions but if you blunder man it's cool you'll yeah. you will survive i will survive I, there's uh -uh. definitely something to be said about analysis or paralysis by analysis right like like mm -hmm. there's there's a a nice amount of due diligence, a nice amount of research that you can do, but at a certain point, yes. you're you're just making yourself busy. Do enough research that you become a proficient in the knowledge of like and comfortable being able to make a decision, and then make the decision. Don't right. agonize over it, right? Like just there's right. like this happy medium, and I think that goes well with what you're saying and what I was saying previously. You know. Today's episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast is brought to you by Manly Bands. As a dude, you probably don't realize there's some pretty sweet options out there other than the traditional gold and silver for wedding bands. Manly Bands offers unique wedding bands at an affordable price, as in all less than $200 affordable. And if you procrastinated, you can get your ring super fast, like in as little as four days fast. This doesn't help you though if your best man loses your ring on the way to the altar. They're not that fast. Right. And they also have really great customer service offering free exchanges in the United States and a 30-day we got you bro return policy if you don't absolutely love your manly band. And every band has a one-year no hassle warranty. Save 15% off your manly band ring when you use code RINGONIT at checkout. Visit manlybands.com, enter promo code RINGONIT, all one word, R-I-N-G-O-N-I-T. Right. Yeah. So to get back on track then with um, with finances, obviously, we realize that it's a big deal. And especially in the case where you're investing as much money as you are into the celebration that you're planning. And I think it's it is so easy for a person who has no financial stake in the matter to say like, oh, you have to have a 12 piece band at your wedding. Or, of course, every guest should receive a custom engraved bottle of the finest champagne <laughs> as their wedding favor. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the budget that you set for yourselves mm -hmm. because yep. it's your money it's 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 coming out of your paycheck essentially and you have yep. to feel comfortable on what you're spending it on not what everybody else thinks you should and i mean everyone has opinions right like that saying opinions are like opinions are like buttholes everyone has them and most of them stink <laughs> <laughs> i've never everyone heard that. has opinions <laughs> so oh that's silly yeah, and uh, you know, when you announce to the world that you're getting married, you're going to have, as I'm sure you're already experiencing, so many people just coming out of the woodwork to tell you what you should and should not do with your money and what you should spend it on and how much you should spend. And oh, you know, my cousin got married and did this and saved this. And, you know, you have to do what's right for you. Um, there's really no rule about how much you should spend on your wedding, but you should be mindful of what you can and can't afford and manage manage your expectations accordingly. Yeah. No one says that you have to spend thirty thousand dollars on a right. wedding. Except right. that, you know, lots of people do it. Like that's you just observe that, so then you think that that's the necessary thing you need to do. But it's not. You don't have to do right. that. Right. And I think like just 
going back to expectations for a second too. Um, okay. You, let's just say, for example, you have your total wedding budget is $10,000, right? And you want to invite 300 people to your wedding. You want to have the most beautiful flowers in town and you need, of course, then the most amazing photographer you saw on Style Me Pretty to to capture every minute of it. So with that $10,000 budget, this is where I say it needs to be a realistic expectation. That's not going to happen. And that's not to like poo-poo on your dreams or like bust your bubble. It's just... My favorite sound effect. <laughs> oh, I made the dog bark. It's just true. Like you just can't feed and drink 300 people and have the most. Uh-oh, I taught Dan a trick. <laughs> Dan, stop it. It sounds like you're a part of Bubble Bobble. Do you ever play the game Bubble Bobble on Nintendo when you were younger? Nope. I did. I was amazing at it. I'm just going to say. Sorry, Danielle did that thing where she like put her finger in her mouth and like made the bubble. Set. Do it again one more time. Okay, that was amazing because I'm trying to do it, but I, I feel like it doesn't sound that good. I'm sorry. I just totally ADD'd out of this amazing conversation no, you were okay. having. What I was just trying to say is that like, y- y- no one can tell you what you can't, what you should or shouldn't spend on a wedding, but you have to mm-hmm. listen to people when they say what you want to spend on that wedding and what you want to accomplish with that money may or may not happen. Now, yep. you can look at it as challenge accepted and try to do it, but for the most part... You just you want to take those things into account, especially from the wedding professional standpoint. Yeah, that's for sure. Sound good? Okay, so yep. so going back, so what Dan said was, um, uh, like when people say like, oh, well, you have to spend thirty thousand dollars, you know, on a wedding. Like no one says you have to do that, except that everyone and your brother is going to tell you exactly what they think about that. And all I can say about that is the next time that they go through a life chapter, um, you just want to keep in mind that like you remember how it felt when you had everybody telling you what you should and shouldn't do. So maybe yep. just take that as a life lesson and be like, you know what? I'm just going to say support support that person. If they ask me for advice, that's one thing. But otherwise, I'm just going to support that person with like good juju, good vibes, and like cheers to that. <laughs> Let them do their thing because sometimes it helps to have the shoe on the other foot. Right? Is that a saying? Yeah. Can you put a shoe, shoe. on your other foot? Why would you want to put a shoe on another foot? There's so, something about shoes on feet. There's shoes and feet, guys. Right. And I think there's just as much pressure um, as people telling you what to not spend your money on as what they should tell you to spend your money on. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, oh, yeah. Like uh, one example is, um, you know, a lot of my couples add photographs to their album afterwards. Once they see like the the amount of like amazing photographs that I give to them. um <laughs> <laughs> not to sound well, that's one uh, way to put it. <laughs> not to sound uh self righteous or anything, but they have like uh an emotional connection to the photographs in their album. And when it's t- difficult to sometimes like figure out which one's going to go in, which ones are going to stay out or whatever, a lot of couples will end up adding more photographs. And I've had other people sit in on um that process or maybe it's like the you know when I'm, I'm first figuring out the the wedding package with them what's going to work best for them and it's a matter of it's interesting how how often some people will poo poo on like the couple feeling really good about a decision and very emotionally connected to something and realizing like this is going to be amazing i love all these photographs i'm so happy i get to make this decision and and have this in this example, a wedding album for the rest of my life with all these pictures that I really love in it. And they'll just poo poo on it saying like, Oh, are you sure you want to spend that money? Are you sure you want to do this? Um, just because it's not important to them or it's not as 
necessary for them. And that, that I think is just as negative, um, as you know, what we were saying before, do you know? That's definitely part of what you need to, or what you want to learn from this process, what you can take out of this process and how you can like grow through this process is, is being able to sort of stand behind your decisions. Ooh, that's like, I think that's what it comes down to, right? Just sort of standing behind the decision you make and having that confidence in, in what you're, what you're doing. Right. Right. Now to that's, I think that's really easy to say when you are the person who is spending that money, it's your paycheck when that's, uh, you know, that's, providing said monies for the extra things or for for whatever it is that you're doing. But there's also many cases, um, and many of our listeners are very likely experiencing this, when they are not the people who are financially contributing to their wedding, or at least not the only individuals contributing to their wedding. Some people have parents who have been gracious to help host the wedding, in which case that pressure shifts dramatically, in my opinion. Do you know what I mean, Dan? Yeah. Like, I think it becomes a whole other level of difficult to navigate this sea of wedding planning when you have um, a family member who's contributing financially to your wedding and essentially hosting your wedding, and they have a bigger say than you really like or prefer Mm -hmm. in the plans. Hmm. That is tough. (laughs) So... (laughs) I have some opinions on this. Um, a can cause a lot of problems. Um, yeah. If and it can cause a lot of problems if they, because I mean, there's the opposite side of that coin yes. that like they're just giving you the thirty thousand dollars and saying, "Here you go. We trust you. Have an amazing wedding. Use it on a new house if you want to have a tiny, tiny wedding, um, or use it on this amazing wedding. Do what you want with it." But then there's the other right. side that you're talking about, right? Right. And I think I think that's one side, but I don't think there's much pressure, as much pressure uh, that comes with that as it does with the side when the parent then expects certain things from it. So. I have to start by saying I feel like if you have if you're expecting that by accepting that money that there's going to be problems don't accept the money and I get that that's not always possible but if it's possible and you know that it's a problem it's okay not to accept that money totally you know like and I yeah well said and I I think if you have to then that's again where you need to have that serious and probably sticky, gross, uncomfortable conversation with that person or persons about what they expect in return for their contributions. Like that has to be a very, very uncomfortable conversation, but I think it can only get more uncomfortable and more sticky, icky and gross if you don't have the conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I personally, um, I really feel that when parents or whoever is contributing to the wedding, when they write out a check and just flat out give you that money, I look at it as that it's a gift. And you as the recipient should not be guilted in what to do with said gift. Like you said, Dan, like if you want to take that money and use part of it as a down payment on the house and and otherwise keep a, make a really small intimate wedding. If that's a gift, then you should be able to do that. Like if, if, if someone gave you a $50 Visa gift card um, and they may have something in mind for like you using it about using it for uh, to fill up your gas tank or, or do whatever. But ultimately, it's a gift you received and you're going to spend it 
however you, you need to. Maybe you use it on groceries because yeah. that's more important that week, whatever it is. But it's a gift. Now, where I think it gets trickier is if the parent is specifically paying the bills. Like if that parent is specifically or that person is specifically writing out the check to the band. Like if dad is specifically writing out a check to your band, that feels to me like you're going to have way less say as far as what style of music is played, the those general songs that are played, a specific song you want to play, the overall vibe of the event. Like that feels like dad's in way more control there than you are in that case. And unless, it's not just unless, dad giving you money. That's where it gets like yeah. away from gift and being like, whoa, that person's in charge. Unless you're doing all the legwork and figuring this stuff out and just say, okay, this is the person we figured out, you know, pay dad. Thank you. Appreciate right. that. Thank, yeah. Thank you very much, dad. Exactly. But I just, I don't think it's always that case. And I think that's where those pressures yeah. and everything get really, get really sticky. And I'm not necessarily sure that Dan, you or I have a solution to those types of pressures other than to try and keep communication open and honest yep. and respectful as possible in both ways. And just know that you're really not alone in this situation. Yeah. Well, d- disagreements come from missed expectations, right? Mm, um, good and saying, how yes. do you, how do you, I, I think there's a saying that's like that. I, I think it's, uh, I might've botched it a little bit, but there <laughs> is, um, but those expectations can easily be foreseen if you just keep those lines of communication open, like you're saying, right? Like it all starts with just, just having a chit chat, just talking, whatever, and, and just all being on the same page. Right. Very much so. And we all have different personalities in our lives and it's about sort of figuring out how to manage those personalities and, and, you know, maintain a good relationship despite differences in your personalities. But I think, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a like a good conversation with someone about it. Like what's what's there to be like, oh, how dare she tell me how dare she share her soul with me about that thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, I've been thinking a lot about like disagreements and things lately, um, just maybe with everything going on in the world and whatever. Mm. And especially like when when things happen and like you see friends kind of battling each other. And I, I just one of the things I always think of is like it is possible to have a fundamental disagreement with somebody mm-hmm. and still extend them grace, integrity, um, have a great conversation and still disagree on something like it's possible to do that. Um, we just need to make sure communication is open, respectful, um, pleasant, uh, and valuable exchange of ideas. You know what right. I'm saying? And you can only control your side of that conversation, of course. But when you bring those qualities and attributes to the conversation, you are much more likely to receive that in return versus if you come to the conversation with like demands and, you know, snooty patootiness. Yeah. Technical. Ad hominem and name calling. (laughs) Exactly. So I I guess uh, the last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up this episode is like, basically what we started talking about at the beginning of this episode, but is eloping or just having a small get together really so bad? Like I think so many people I hear them say when they're getting close to their big wedding is like, we should have just eloped. And they say it as if like, we never even thought about it as a valid possibility in the beginning. And now it just seems like the best, (laughs) the best laid plans. So what are your thoughts on, on eloping Dan? Um, maybe I guess we should also define eloping 
because I feel like I have a very broad definition of it. Okay, define it, and then I can answer. So I think originally eloping meant like literally running away, just the two of you and getting married. And I think now in my world, I define it as um, doing things on a smaller, a much, much smaller scale where it's just the two of you and maybe some close friends and family, but otherwise no extended whatever. It's just that like the most, most important people in your life are there um, or they're not. But I don't think that if you have your parents at your wedding, just your parents at your lo- at an elopement, that it's no longer an elopement, if that makes right. sense. Um. Maybe this is kind of a cop-out answer. Yeah. But I think if it's right for you, then just do it. Like, I'm. Right. who am I to say that I'm against it? Like, in all honesty, I mean, if I'm thinking about it from a photographer's perspective, I mean, that's amazing to just have, just to be intimately connected with, like, one other person and have it just be so much about you and so much about your connection and emotion and getting away from it all. Because, like, I, you know, it's one of those things, like, where if you just shed away all the stuff that comes with the wedding day, right – um, what is the most important thing? Your relationship, right? And if you are making this choice to like have a giant wedding and like have a bunch of people or you're making this choice to just have a, a very small wedding where it's just the two of you, the two of you and two other people or the two of you and 30 other people, there's n- there's no benefit to either one if it's what you want to do. Um, right. You know, and like, I think – oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. You can finish your thought. No, I was just saying okay. just um, – I say just roll with it. I mean like it – it's there's there's benefits to both you know right um and i say go with it go with what you want right i think um what i was going to jump in and say there was i think no matter what decision you make whether you do a big wedding or a small wedding or a super micro wedding elopement no matter what you choose unless you are three thousand percent confident in your decision you will always look back and say i wonder what it would have been like if if we did this Totally. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Obviously, it, I think anything we do in our life, like we're we're naturally ingrained to like look back and say like, I should have done that differently. Even if it's just an exchange with your neighbor where you're like, why did I say that stupid thing? Like it's it's what we do as humans. We analyze our decisions and we, we go through life like that. But know that I think very few people on this planet will make a decision about a big life event like this and not look back and wonder if maybe they should have done some things differently. Hey, just look at like a, a parent, you know what I mean? Like a new parent. Like I guarantee you that parent is not making every perfect decision. They look back and analyze every little thing that they every do day. and they're doing their best dang job possible. Uh, so, and that's such a big deal is raising a, a little <laughs> human, right? Like, and that's, that's a, in my opinion, a much bigger deal because that human will go on and do, you know, things in this world. So this is just your wedding day. So I think it's so normal and okay to feel like, but what if, what if I regret it? And in which case, hey, have another wedding. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Do a celebrate your ten year anniversary and then do it up opposite of how you did it the first time and see how you feel. You yeah, know, I've got a couple. I've got a couple who just hired me um, for their one year wedding celebration. Nice. That's what they're calling it because they they've been together for a long time and uh, they've been you know their friends and family have been saying when are you going to get married when are you going to do this when are you do that and. Uh, this past December, um, just like on a hiking trail that they normally walk on, um, he asked her to marry him. 
Um, and then they got married shortly after, like just just the two of them. Uh, I can't remember if it was like a self-uniting ceremony or if they had mm-hmm. somebody officiate. Um, but like they just got married. It was just like the two of them and I think like one or two friends. That was it. Just like by the river um, in December and it was really sweet. And then one year later, this December, they're having like an actual party. Um, well, they'll probably do some like small ceremony that they're trying to figure out like what they want to do. Um and have like a, a little get together at a place that they think is kind of cool. Have some fun drinks. Have uh, a, a good little time. It's kind of like the best of both worlds for them. I so agree. That's awesome. I, I love that because it's exactly what you said. It's the best of both worlds where they had their intimate personal moment to themselves. And now they're going to do a celebration with their family where maybe the pressure of everything is off of them. They're more yep. just focused on, hey, we're just having a celebration with our family where people get to yep. like... Give us their love and support and yep. say, about and damn they, time. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, they, they just really wanted to also have their friends and family enjoying it because they have a lot of close friends and family. Um, right. But they they are very deeply connected people. And I, I like I said, I think it's the best of both worlds and it makes a whole lot of sense for them, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel as though that trend is becoming more and more common. I can't tell you how many couples that we are part of with their weddings that are already married by the time we get to the wedding day, um, that they've yeah. done either like a small civil ceremony or a city hall thing, or they've just done something little and just for the two of them. I lo- yeah. I think that's so romantic. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's like the, I love the that era of like the 20s, 30s, and 40s when it just felt like everyone was running off to City Hall to get married, I guess. I don't know if that's accurate <laughs> at all. But in my head, that's how it worked. <laughs> Romanticizing that period. That's exactly. Good. <laughs> that's so, yeah. Wow. But, I feel like yeah. this is a good episode. We got into some good stuff there. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Good talk. Guys, that'll Good be one hundred and twenty dollars for today's session. <laughs> <laughs> and break for coffee. So, um, um, yeah, guys, check out the Put a Ring on It podcast website for show notes and all the links from today's episode. And don't forget, you are more than welcome to follow Daniel and I on all of the interwebs. <laughs> I think we are mostly on probably Instagram, right? Would you say, Dan? Yeah, Instagram, Facebook. Instagram, Facebook. I am also on Twitter. You can find me anywhere at DPNAC, D-P-N-A-K. That is the name of my company, DPNAC Weddings, but it's also my name, so it doubles really nicely. Um, but yeah, hit <laughs> us up there. Dan, what's your what's your handle? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, at Daniel Moyer Photo, and I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Daniel Moyer Photo as well. Um, and don't forget, you could if you've never seen my website or Danielle's website, you could check those out too, dpnac.com and danielmoyerphotography.com. Yepper. And while you're on Facebook, give the Put a Ring in a Podcast page some love. Feel free to send in your questions there as well. And we will see you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in this week. We'll see you later. Happy trails to you. We shouldn't sing. <laughs> <laughs>